Hey, sis. Thank you for listening to the She Leads podcast series, A Journey in Leadership. Join me as I sit with a few amazing women who are walking in their purpose, taking care of people, owning their leadership styles, and dropping priceless jewels along the way. No matter where you are in your leadership journey, I can guarantee you that you are going to pick up some tips, some tools, and overall enjoy some good conversation about women in leadership. With that being said, go ahead and grab your favorite drink and some note-taking material. Are you ready to go? Let's ride. Hey, sis. I'm excited about this She Leads podcast episode series. My goal today is to highlight women leaders and their journey. And today, I'm excited to sit down with Chief Master Sergeant Umiko Egans. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. There was a pause because that is not the name that I go by. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that I pronounced it right. Because of course, as you all know, making sure that we pronounce names the way they need to be and should be said is important to me. So thank you for being patient with that part. <laughs> so I am ready for you to hear from Chief Egan's. According to her bio, she has been in the Air Force for 22 years. And for the majority of that time, she has been an equal opportunity professional, and she has held various leadership positions. She also has two master's degrees, one in management and leadership, and the other in human resource management. So, Chief, I want to thank hey. you <laughs> for taking time out of your schedule to allow me to interview you for this podcast series. Um, when I was making my interview list, and I, I really, I had you on my list from jump because, yo, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I have seen you in action, on the scene, behind the scenes, and you just dope. Like, you silent, you. but for those of you <laughs> that know her, she is silent, but deadly yo and I just want other people to know that you can lead and still be dope so thank you so much for being here today no problem I am very excited a little nervous but excited <laughs> um as you know I uh I am a leader but I am one of those leaders that uh prefer to be behind the curtain right and so um one of the things that I have learned on my journey within the last uh, two to three years is that, hey, it's time to get on stage <laughs> in the spotlight. And, and so uh, I appreciate the opportunity uh, that you have given me to do that today. Yes, ma'am. Oh, y'all, I'm so excited. I don't think y'all understand. I'm over here cheesing <laughs> like a fan. Like, this is just going to be amazing. So um, as stated earlier, we are going to talk about women in leadership. And I picked this particular topic, as you know, because women are breaking barriers, they're exceeding expectations, and we are shattering those glass ceilings. And as with anything, it takes a lot of work as a leader 
And I feel even more work as a woman leader, just based off of some facts that originally workspaces were not de designed for us, meaning that there are industries um, out there that even today in 2020 that are still male dominated. And the military is one of those. So if it's okay with you, I would like to go ahead and get started. So for the people listening, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how long you've been with your organization and leading? Okay. Well, um, you stated earlier, well, as you stated earlier, I have uh, been in the Air Force for 22 years now, um, and I have definitely served in a various different uh, positions during that time. But currently, where I work is called, it's an institution called the Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute. And it's in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And what we do there, my sole responsibility is basically to write curriculum for the DOD as it relates to equal opportunity professionals and their training. Um, and by DOD, that's all of the different services and also uh, civilians as well. And so with that responsibility, um, not just writing uh, curriculum, I'm also responsible for training Air Force individuals um, on what their particular roles and responsibilities are as it relates to being an EO professional within the Air Force. And so that is currently what I do now. Okay. Thank you for that. So with your experience thus far and where you are currently, and you've also stated that, you know, it's DOD for those listening, that's Department of Defense. So it's um, Joint Services. Can you tell us what your mission and vision is as a leader? Okay, so that's the, I might, let me take a little time on that one um, <laughs> to untangle the lingo and uh, I don't want to confuse the, uh, the audience, but for starters, my mission and vision statement is my professional mission and vision statement. I, it's better for me to keep that in line with what my organization's mission and vision statement is and what my leaders within that organization, um, what their vision and mission and vision statement is, which my professional mission and vision statement is basically to develop training and deliver that training as mm -hmm. I stated before. And so, um, however, right, although that is my professional mission, right? I also have a uh, personal mission and vision mm -hmm. um, that often it feeds into my leadership philosophy, which I hope we have a little bit of time uh, to get into. Mm -hmm. um, but my mission overall is just in personally and professionally is any, I want to be able to help and serve others. And so although it has taken me quite some time to craft this personal mission uh, statement, I'll read it to you now. Um, it's to inspire and encourage others to believe in the impossible and do it. Mm. So um, whatever that means for an individual, you know, sometimes that means uh, I'll take myself for an example I never thought that I would become a chief master sergeant in the United States Air Force. That was an 
impossible goal for me at a certain period in my, in my career, in my life. And so there were people that came into my life that were able to show me, hey, although you think that this is impossible, mm-hmm. let's do it, right? Because it, it, let's make it possible. And so that has become uh, my main mission. And then uh, when we talk about my vision, it's, and I'm still kind of honing, mm-hmm. you know, the vision is kind of where you want to be, where you want to, you know, what you want to become. But I'll, I'll say this. Um, I want to become a, a motivational speaker and, and writer and to create an avenue um, that, that teaches and coaches people how to communicate and articulate those things that they feel or that they believe are impossible, right? And, and because if you can believe it, um, which is what my mission is, if I can get you to believe it, right, to even have that thought, then you start to think differently about how impossible it is or how possible it is to attain that particular goal or objective. And so um, that's kind of what my vision is. Those that know me know, I, I don't know if I would refer to myself as being a shy person or a shy leader, mm-hmm. um, but speaking in public. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say that I want to be a, a motivational speaker and writer, right? Yeah. There was a time where I believed that that was definitely impossible for me, but I am at that point now where I don't, I believe it's not impossible. It is possible. It's just a matter of me doing it. So (laughs) So I didn't mean to go that far into detail. (laughs) No, it's, it's fine. It's just, I wasn't ready for, I told y'all she quiet. (laughs) But when she speaks, <laughs> we get all kind of jewels. And it's just some of the key words that I was taking from that, right? Your professional and your personal mission and vision. And it was inspire, um, believe, being able to communicate, right? Teaching people and coaching them, you know, um, and getting them to believe in themselves. And I think that's amazing to have that in your personal mission and vision statement because I'll be honest, not every leader thinks about that, right? Because you have leaders who are task-oriented or mission-oriented, and they forget that in order for your people to complete those tasks, to help you finish that mission, you Absolutely. have to get them to believe <laughs> that they can do that. Yep. Because, and this is just me going on a tangent, because sometimes the employees that we get, there's something that happened along the line where they don't believe in themselves or they don't believe that, or they've been told, because you know we're all about positivity and speaking life into people. Maybe there's been someone who has never had life spoken into them. So they don't know what it's like to be told or encouraged. Well, you know, you, maybe you, you can do this. Let's, let's step back and see how we can get you to this point. Right. So I, go ahead. 
No, that's, I was going to um, say that I, I, also, I believe that, well, a part of my leadership philosophy, if you will, mm -hmm. is that regardless to what position that I'm in professionally, mm -hmm. it takes other people for me to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. I can't accomplish that on my own. So if I have a, and, and what I mean absolutely to reach personal goals, there are different things that I have to do, steps that I have to make, right? I have to have that uh, commitment, that motivation and all of that. And that's great. But I also need people along the way with me to help me with that. And in an organization, if you have a leadership philosophy, and this is by no means putting anyone else's, mm -hmm. uh, downplaying anyone else's perspective, but if you have a leadership philosophy that does not include people, mm. but you are a leader, mm. there's a imbalance there. Right. And so I'm, I'm very cognizant um, of that. And so um, others become very important. And then the other piece is, if I can show you that you are a part of my philosophy, you are a part of making the team work, you mm -hmm. are important, the job will get done. Bingo. <laughs> right? And not only that, we gain trust, we gain friendships, we build good working relationships we become stronger as a team and then people believe it or not people will take that energy and it will transfer over into their personal lives yes. and it will give them that hope that faith whatever it is that belief that motivation that initiative to to meet something in their personal lives that's just my philosophy <laughs> <laughs> And I'm over here soaking it all up. I hope y'all are too. <laughs> okay, so I want to go, I want to dig a little deeper into your philosophy, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because we have your mission and your vision. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about your leadership philosophy? Because I want to hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I want to be honest with this because... Um, this is a philosophy that is consistently, that I am consistently developing, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, and now many things that I, I make a part of my leadership philosophy, and I'll give an example, like um, accountability and responsibility, mm -hmm. right? I have to be accountable, and you and I, we've, we've discussed this before, that it is important for me to be accountable and responsible for my words mm. or what I say. It is also important for me to be responsible and accountable for what I do, not only as a leader, but as a person, because I can be a great leader at work, but in my personal life, if I'm getting into trouble and if things are all messed up, what, what does that truly say about me as a leader and how can I get people at work to trust me if I'm doing all of these not so good things or making these poor decisions in my personal life and so accountability and responsibility is like number within the top five of my 
leadership philosophy and understanding that it holds me accountable when I am making decisions, mm-hmm. right? It keeps, it keeps my uh, compass north, right? If you will, right? It, it keeps me going in uh, the right direction. And so I'll just kind of give a, a little bit of uh, what my philosophies are. Um, communication is a big thing. And I, I mentioned that uh, remaining consistent constant and accurate at all times right and 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 when i am not accurate right um being a leader is about being accountable for that and being responsible and and letting people know that now i'm not saying i'm gonna get out there on channel six news and and say (laughs) yeah i messed up you know no but if i do misstep Mm-hmm. Um, those that uh, did attend my promotion ceremony, ceremony, I talked about failure and, and the perspective of failure, mm-hmm. right? And changing that perspective, which is something that I got from one of my brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also a part of my philosophy, not to go off on a tangent, but if I misstep, mm-hmm. own the fact that I misstepped, own the fact that, okay, I went left and I should have went I should have took two steps back and then went right, right on that. And so, um, and one other thing is of, of my philosophy is um, com- continuing to develop personally and professionally. So professionally, you know, the Air Force has all of these different trainings and development seminars and all that stuff they laid that out for you as to what you should do or shouldn't do and all of that but Mm -hmm. after that ends right and I ran into that before so what do I do now I've been to airman leadership school I'm I'm not gonna go to NCO academy until years from now so what do I do and so education became a really big part of me trying to remain trying to personally develop myself and Mm -hmm. I do a lot of reading as well and 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 writing and so those are just some of the things (laughs) thank you Ooh, I sure hope y'all had y'all pen and papers (laughs) writing this stuff down because those are good thank you so much for that so as you've mentioned earlier You've been in various leadership positions. You've been in different organizations. So how have you presented your mission and vision statement and even some of your leadership philosophies within those organizations? And what type of feedback did you or have you received? Because, you know, we go into a new unit. Right. We sit back. For those of us that do this, we sit back and we observe to, you know, see why certain things are done before we start implementing those changes in our um, strategic visions. And so my question, ma'am, is, you know, when you go into an organization, what kind of feedback do you get when you start to let people know what type of leader you are and what you're about? Well, one of the things that I do, along with what you said, you know, you kind of sit back and, and you observe. I like it to be clear that I 
now this is gonna let me explain this I'm, I'm gonna say it and then explain it but i like to be clear with the people that i work with with the people that i work for mm -hmm. and with those that work for me right mm -hmm. i like to be clear that my professional mission and vision is is in line with what the organization is and what my leaders are right because if the people within the organization don't see that then that in itself is indicative of a problem because it appears that you are not on the same page mm -hmm. now let me add this to that though i realize that there are some organizations well i'll speak for myself there are some organizations that i have been a part of where there were leaders that i did not support their vision right but i had to be smart in how i navigated that right right if i was working for a leader that was a bully and i have worked for leaders that were bullied they bullied people at work they bullied me and those sometimes i was not strong enough to fight back so i had to navigate you know smartly through that particular maze to really figure things out but there was always a, a way or an avenue in which I can show those that I worked with and who worked for me and those that I worked for who I was. And so I always presented uh, whether I, I had to take the opportunity or whether that opportunity was given to me. Um, I presented my personal mission and vision and my leader, my personal leadership philosophy. And I have never received any negative feedback of that. Um, the only time, it was one time in my career um, that I had shared my leadership philosophy. And remember, this is changing depending yes. on where I am and how I am developing. So earlier on in my um, career, uh, I want to say I was maybe like an E7 mm -hmm. um, at the time, and uh, someone was, was working for me and there was something that I had mentioned to them in my leadership philosophy and they had come to me probably about four months into us working together and they said you know when I when I met you you said this but we've had about two incidents and you reacted this way mm -hmm. I know that I was not making the right choices but you know you reacted this way and this is how it impacted me so I have to digress. I said never, but that was the only time. But it, I, was, I became aware of it earlier on and um, I fixed it. And, and what it was is I told the individual that a part of my leadership philosophy was to respond to every situation and not react. Mm. Okay. And so there was something that the individual did that was, it was out of pocket, out of bounds. <laughs> Made me look bad as a leader. Yeah. And I, yeah, I had some very choice words to say. Now yeah. it was professional, but it was firm. And it really made that person kind of upset and, and it shut them down. And that was never my intent. And so when I got that particular feedback, I was able to uh, restore that working relationship. But outside of that, I have not received any negative feedback. And I've worked with people where we disagree all the time. Right. But there is a respect level there and they know 
that if I'm working with Chief Egan's or at one time Tech Sergeant Egan's or Staff Sergeant Egan's, she's going to be respectful. She's going to be professional. And like, it doesn't matter that we, we, we do not disagree. And let me touch on this because I, I think um, this is very important and why I believe that I don't really get any negative feedback as to what my philosophies are, even if it is in conflict with someone else or another leader. Okay. And, and it's because um, the, the key in when I present this information, I present it in such a way to let the folks know that you are a part of my leadership growth. You are a part of my development. You are a part of my success. You, you as a matter of fact, you are the key part of that. And so what I would like to do, here is my leadership philosophy. Here is my mission, personal and professional. But I want us to collectively come up with something together, right? I don't want to lead this team or be on this team and we just go in the direction in which I want to go. I want to hear what's your philosophy on leadership? What's your mission? What are your goals for yourself? And in meetings, I expose this. Yeah. And so it really makes people, first of all, it catches them off guard. Right? <laughs> so why, you know, it's kind of like, especially people who are working for you. It's like, why do you even care what I think? Yes, I care. So let's build a mission together. Right. What do you think our mission as this team should be? What do you think our vision should be? Right. Let, let's make it collectively. And, and so I, I believe that, the, and I stick to it. I'm committed to it now. Yes, ma'am. Right. I, I don't, um, if somebody throws something out there that's off the wall, I, I won't say it's off the wall, but I would definitely give them a look and say, let's dig a little deeper. <laughs> and we, we come up with something that we agree with as a team and we move in that direction. Right. Mind you, it is not out of line with what that organization's mission and vision is. Mm-hmm or what the, the, the goal is or objectives are for that organization. But at least the team that I'm working with feels like they are a part of it. Right. That, 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 is, that is the key along with we holding each other accountable. You know, I used example yesterday, I was on a uh, meeting and it was a rough day. I was on several meetings. It was a very rough day. Um, I hadn't eaten at all until it had to be about after three o'clock or something like that. But I was on Zoom and I mean, I had hair flying like everywhere. Because <laughs> I was ripping and running from everywhere. And um, no, one, no one said anything. But I think I mentioned something to a friend and I said, you know, I was just very, I wasn't right today. So that's me holding myself accountable, right. right? And that's what I do for the team. And that's what I expect them to do for me. That is an expectation that we have right. working together. So. Ooh, thank you for all of that, ma'am. <laughs> and I love the fact that you include the people around you. Yes. To let yes. them know that this leadership journey mm -hmm. is our journey together. Yes. And for those of you that are listening, you can't lead without people. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I look at it too is 
there are many things that I want to accomplish personally, mm-hmm. right? But I, I feel that I'm a firm believer that I should not leave people behind. I know a leader mm-hmm. that she's another chief. Um, she's, she's been a chief uh, way longer than I have. Mm-hmm. But, and what I noticed, and I have included this thought process in my leadership philosophy as well, is that I can lead, I can be successful, I can be the boss, I can be the it person, mm-hmm. right? I can be in the spotlight, but what I want people to see is not me. I want them to see what the people that I'm leading are doing. How are they being successful? And when they see me walking down the street, don't watch me. Watch the people that are coming behind me, the people right. that I have had an impact on, the people that I have had the opportunity to inspire, encourage, um, keep accountable, yes. be responsible for. And, and so I, I think that it's very important. And I learned that from someone that's on my, another chief that's on my board of directors, which we'll get into a little later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. So next, uh, the question is, do you have a mentor or mentors? And if so, how have they helped you along the way? Do you encourage mentorship? And what are some of the tips that you have regarding mentorship? Oh, that's a lot. I know. I was just, I know it's a lot. (laughs) A lot. So let's so let me answer this one first yes mm-hmm. i do encourage mentorship mm-hmm. right I, I i do for anyone but let there's no but period yeah. let me go a little bit deeper into what i kind of my my philosophy on that though if if that's okay my perspective on that I have mentors. I believe in mentors. I think that they are necessary. Most importantly, in my life, though, in in the things that have, uh, or those situations or circumstances that has developed me as a leader, I have a board of directors. (laughs) Let me explain where I got that from. Uh, Several years ago, I went to uh, resiliency training. We had had um, quite a few suicides in the Air Force at an alarming rate. And we had a uh, resiliency team that came out and gave a briefing. And one of the things that they had talked about is you want to have like this board of advisors. And so that's where I I got this board of directors slash advisors from um, versus couching it as mentors or mentorships because Mm -hmm. I require as a leader, I require a lot more than just mentorship. It depends on the situation. It depends on the circumstance. Uh, and I, I require um, support in, in more than just my professional life and, and my career. Um, I need to be taught at times. I need to be coached at times. I need to be directed at times. Um, and, and, and sometimes I need to be mentored, right? So mentorship for me is a part of what my board of directors do. So that's why I don't just say, well, yeah, I have mentors. No, I have a board of directors 
slash advisors. Um, they have different, um, there are different people from all walks of life, different uh, diverse lifestyles, uh, different educational backgrounds, economic statuses, uh, belief systems. And so that is what is necessary to keep me at my true north, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so, and I encourage people to, you know, it's sometimes I think we overuse the term mentor, mentorship. Mm -hmm. And when you overuse a term so much, it loses its effectiveness to some people. Right. Right. People, people for they, yeah, I know what mentorship is. I know what being a mentor is and all of that, but we, you know, we, we have that, but there are a lot of people who don't know the how. Right. Right. My board of directors or advisors had to teach me what it means to be a mentor. Right. You don't just claim to be a mentor. Right. And, and, and the majority of the time you're mentoring, but it's not in the spotlight. Right. A lot of times that, that may be happening behind, you know, behind the scenes. And so uh, just my, so, so the, the key takeaway um, for mentorship is that uh, mentorship is a part of an individual's personal and professional development. We, we know that it's a part of their growth, right. but it is not the only thing that is required for their growth, right? You can have all the mentorship, all the mentors in the world, but if you are not doing, if you are not being held accountable, yeah. if you are not being responsible, right, for your words, for your actions, there's an you become an imbalanced leader. I'm trying to get away from saying bad leader, poor leader. I, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable with saying imbalanced leader. Um, I, I wear a different stripe now, and again, I am accountable for what for what I say. So when I refer to my peers as a bad leader and I'm not noticing the company in which I'm in, that can be taken the wrong way. So I, I just say a, a little bit imbalanced, right? Unbalanced, mm -hmm. perhaps. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, and I'll say this and then I'll shut up about it. Mm -hmm. um, when, when we solely rely on one area of the equation of leadership, right? We become an unbalanced leader. Right. And what I mean by that is if I solely relied on just someone who can direct me, right? Which is someone who say, hey, go left, go right. Uh, nope, you, you, you need to step back a couple of times. If I solely relied on that form of uh, advice, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be a well-rounded leader. Right. If I solely rely on every time I had a problem, let me pick up the phone and let me call my mentor, right? But my mentor may not be doing the things that they should be doing for me, depending on my situation. But if I'm solely relying on that individual, uh, especially every time I have a problem, I become an imbalanced leader. And so it is important to have a 
from my perspective, a board of directors or advisors that can coach you, teach you, direct you, uh, support you, encourage you, give you those different things that you may need in life at certain times. I don't talk to every single person on my board of directors all the time because all of them are not experts in all of the same things. This is true. If I'm looking for financial advice mm-hmm. or to become more financially, you know, fire, I'll say that, uh, which is um, uh, financial independence, retirement early. <laughs> if I'm looking for information re- regarding fire, mm-hmm. I need to with my advisor on the board of directors that is the expert in that. And, and I'll, I'll say this, you make up your board of advisors of whomever and however you want. You know, I have uh, blood family, mm-hmm. not many, that serve as my, that, that serve on the board. I have very close friends that serve on the board. Um, I also have people that are not on the board, but they're in a different room. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they, they kind of keep me on my toes, but they haven't made it to the point to where they can be on my board of directors. Um, I have yet to change. I have added to, I'll say that I've added to my board of directors, right. As I grow as a leader. Um, but I've never taken anyone off. Mm-hmm. If you make it to my board of directors that that is a, that's a life commitment. And you, you, and, and those are people who have, been with me for a while and who really have impacted my life not just personally but as a professional leader as well right y'all i mean all i did was ask about mentorship and uh we got the look here that's great and don't get us wrong it is it's amazing but i love your perspective on a board of directors y'all listening They don't have to be good at everything. That's right. That's right. Man, this, oh, what <laughs> <Sorry>. the directors. <laughs> I told you, I'm still honing my leadership philosophy, so. Right, but I think this is, this is different mm-hmm. because, and I don't have statistical data. I can only go off of my experiences mentorship has been so ingrained in the way we do things um it, it's been ingrained in our leadership practices yep, it has. but i'm not really sure how many people have heard of the board of directors or board of advisors and that's important because you need a different perspective mm-hmm. but what i also loved is when you said I have some people in another room. <laughs> yes. That have not made it to the table. Yes. And to me, that's beautiful in itself because I took that as even though they haven't made it to the table, there's still something that you can learn Absolutely. from those individuals who are in the other room. Absolutely. Now, this is Shanika speaking. <laughs> positive or negative they in the room that and that's 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 exactly <laughs> what i was getting at right to be a 
balanced leader, a well-rounded leader, going from good to great leader, yeah. you have to have, um, there, there needs to be a little bit of uh, people who don't believe in you. Right. That you, you have to have that. And, and I'll get into a, a, a quote a little uh, later from um, a person that I, I watch a lot of his speeches that I'll share with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes in, into that, right? You need the hardship. Yeah. You, you got to have the hardship in mm-hmm. order to, first of all, in order to grow and develop and then to appreciate as well and to be accountable as right. well. And so when I say those people in the other room, some of those people are not people that I necessarily want on my board of directors, but they have taught me something. Right. And I have learned a great deal from them. I may not have agreed with their leadership style, but perhaps I do agree with the fact that they are not agree, but I'm saying I, I can appreciate the fact that they are a task-oriented leader and they get things done. Right. I don't appreciate the fact that they stomp their people on the ground, but it's something about getting things done, right? Completing your task that I can, that I appreciate. So I'm glad you brought that out. Thank you. (laughs) 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 Yes. (laughs) As my uh, son would say, uh, the haters. (laughs) gotta have those that love you that care about you that's going to help you that's going to support you you also need those haters as well as my son would say yeah and you know the youth they they know (laughs) 11 and i you know as a leader i learned from him as well so thank you so much for that (laughs) so this moves me into our next question because you have your board of directors Mm-hmm. what was your biggest challenge as a leader and how did you handle it and ma'am at this point we can give any example that you have or we can even use COVID as an example okay. because that's a challenge so it's totally up to you okay uh I'll, I'll try to combine the two okay before you go on the the, the COVID and leadership or whatever I, I, I like where you're going with that my biggest challenge as a leader is or was and is mm-hmm. um who is a hard one <laughs> being able to balance mm. others expectations of me and not allowing those expectations to drown out or suffocate the leader that I am and maybe just don't know it or the leader that I strive to be. That is my Hmm. biggest ironclad wall (laughs) that I have struggled with. I've struggled with it more in the past than I do now because I'm I'm, I'm coming out a little bit more, um, but that is my biggest, that has been my biggest challenge as a leader. And when we talk about um, how, although that has been my challenge, I have been able, I'm a little skeptical of, or reluctant to say that I've overcome it, right? 
because I still deal with that at times. But here is how I have started to break down that ironclad wall without punching my fist through it and mm-hmm. bleeding, right? Just kind of standing there and, and taking a step back. And I, I've had quite a bit of direction, guidance, coaching, mentorship, encouragement, and support. And through that, I was able to, I'm, I'm able to stand back and little by little pieces of that wall, just of that ironclad wall just begin to drop. Mm. Right? And, and that goes back to my board of directors slash advisors by giving me that confidence and giving me that um, encouragement. It allows me to overcome that, that fear or that, um, that challenge of kind of my suffocating who I am and, and just focus on other people's expectations. And to be honest with you, um, I lost myself. Hmm. There's several times where I, I lost myself, which by losing myself, that meant that I was not the type of leader that the people I was working for or working with or those that were working for me, I, I, how could I be the type of leader they needed me to be when I didn't know my own expectations, when I didn't, I didn't know what my own mission and vision was. Mm. How is my personal mission and vision going to be that of my organization? I switch organizations every two to three years. So where's the consistency in me? Right. And so um, that that's how I overcame it. And the COVID piece right? I am a introvert at heart. So (laughs) COVID is, is, has not really been a, now other than the fact that, that people are sick and this is a pandemic, right? But I'm, I'm speaking as far as uh, operating as a leader in this environment. Yes. Um, Because I don't work with a lot of junior airmen, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I work with a lot of my peers and, you know, uh, GS employees of, of, uh, that are senior in rank. We just talk a lot. We talk a lot more than what we talked when we were in the building, than the way we talked when we were in the building. So my phone constantly is going dead. <laughs> so I can say that in my current environment, it has, or in my current organization, it has forced me to be versus going to work and going in my cubicle and you sit next to me and we're emailing back and forth via email, you know, we're emailing back and forth, but you sit next to me. So (laughs) COVID has forced me to communicate more Mm -hmm. and communicating more has, um, I'm I'm learning to articulate myself a little bit better than Mm -hmm. what I was before. So as a leader, those are some of the things that, that is how I've been operating. Um, But I'm always on the phone with someone, always. (laughs) And so that constant communication is always there. And that is the part that I would like to highlight as a leader Mm -hmm. in this, in the COVID environment is that, is because, you know, we work together, we may work together every day, but we're not really talking. Right. You don't know anything about me. I don't know anything about you. But this particular, especially now that I'm teleworking 100%, it forces that. Yeah. 
and I'm thankful for that as well. So. Okay. Thank you for sharing that, ma'am. <laughs> I'm talking your ear off. You know, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, you're good. This is good. No, ma'am. You are good. I promise. So now for the cis listening, mm. who may be nervous about her leadership, or maybe she's leading for the first time, mm -hmm. what would you like to say to her? Ooh. <laughs> That's almost like saying, what would I say to my younger self? Right. <laughs> right. Self. <laughs> um, the first thing I would definitely say is get a board of directors or advisors. Your leadership journey. Well, let me back up. You need that board of directors to help you on your journey, to right. help you embark on the, the, the beautiful weather that you're gonna encounter and also the not so beautiful weather, the storms, the hurricanes. You, you need that board of advisors to help you through all of those times. Mm -hmm. And so that is very important, but be selective and be specific. Mm. Because the last thing that you would need as a person that is on your board of advisors or board of directors team is to be someone that is not truly in your corner. So when you are making those selections, be deliberate, be focused, and understand who you are first prior to doing that. And now I'll go into, uh, because it's a little bit more with that, right? I would tell that that person who is embarking on this, you know, on their journey and just starting out is being uncomfortable is good. As well as having some fear about the journey. That's normal. That's okay. Right. So you should be uncomfortable. You right. should have a little bit of fear um, because you're about to start traveling down a road of the unknown. You don't know what's, as you're on this road, you don't know what's going to jump out in front of you and you got to be ready to deal and you have to have the equipment to be able to deal with that. Right. Where you get your equipment from, your equipment is the support. Your equipment is the coaching, the teaching, the director, the directing, the guidance that you get from those board of directors or advisors. But one thing you want to be that that new leader wants to be cautious of is not allowing that uncomfortableness and that that little bit of fear to dictate the type of leader that you want to become. And I'll use myself as an example. Um, yeah, I was a I, if it was something I was uncomfortable with or in fear of. I just I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. right? It looked impossible, and I I just didn't do it. Right, and I opportunities were there but I did not step into those opportunities because I was afraid and not stepping into those opportunities took longer for me to become the leader that I am today and 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 the leader that I strive to be tomorrow because right now I think I'm good right I'm, I think I'm good right now you know my board of directors have kept me at my true north and trust me when I sway they are there to redirect me, if you will. And, and so, but good is not where I want to be. I want to be great. Mm. To 
accomplish my vision of being that motivational speaker and writer and creating an avenue for others to be able to communicate and articulate and believe and see the impossible. Right. Gotta be great to do, I need to be great to do that. Right. And so um, also I failed at doing this so many times or I misstepped at doing this so many times. So many years, I thought that being a leader and taking that journey was about me. Mm. And I thought that that was a journey that I should take on my own. Mm. In other words, I thought that it was a long journey. You know, me by myself. It was about what I can accomplish and what I can do by myself. And it took me a long time to realize and I say this to the new sisters that are out there that are embarking on their journey to be leaders. Don't do that. Right. Because being a leader requires a team. Right. Now I had someone tell me once, well, there's no I in team, but there is a me. Ooh. And I responded, I said, well, the me just means that you are a part of it. Right. You can't have the M-E if you don't have the T-A, the, the T-A. It, it, the M-E is a part of the, the T, you know, it creates that, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be by yourself. And if you're embarking on this journey because you think you got it like that, because you think you have made it through, because you think you have been through the harshest of the harshest and you know better, <laughs> it's going to take you longer to be that leader. And some people will say, well, I got this success. I was able to do that. And I was able to do this. I was able to make E9 and I was able to, you know, make this amount of money and I accomplished my own education by myself. Right. No, I think if you stopped, turned around and looked at all the people that you left behind or that you stepped on and that you didn't acknowledge. Hmm. Let's be real about this thing now. have two master's degrees and I'm not begging I'm not bragging I'm sorry I'm not bragging right want to bring to light that it took family support in order to accomplish that it took supervisor and other leadership support in order to accomplish that it also took a lot of uh because I was having a lot of crying nights (laughs) and it took people on my board of uh directors to push me and give me more initiative so think about it If you are a leader and you look behind and there's no one following, that's a problem. Mm. And because some of us get caught up in ourselves, I'm just going to say, if the onlooker is watching you walk or run and there is no one behind you, that says something about you as a leader to the onlooker. Mm. All right. So I'm going to leave that one right there. And I'm going to go into something else because I know our time is getting a little. And I, I, I want to, I don't know if this is the last question, but I kind of want to leave. Um, I, I want to leave that, the question that you had, I want to leave it, you know, with this. Mm-hmm. Um. Being a leader, it requires you to to be able to listen 
to be focused, to be committed, to be consistent, to be quiet, and so many other things. And you have to be open to doing those things. You got to be committed to doing those things. Um, because you can never grow as a true leader from a good to great leader. You can't even get to good if you don't know how to be quiet. Um, that's, you know, that's just one thing. But I want to share with the audience something that it, that really impacted me when I heard this. I don't know if you call it a motivational speech or what, but it was something that um, an actor, filmmaker, entrepreneur, Denzel Washington. And I know many in your audience are, are listening. They kind of know who he is, seeing some of his uh, great movies. Um, but he was accepting uh, an image award for an outstanding for outstanding actor in a motion picture. I, I can't remember exactly what that uh, movie was, um, so I apologize for not you know not having that. But this is kind of like a card that I carry with me at all times. Uh, people that know me, they know I like like motivational coins and, and stuff like that. And so this is kind of like a coin, not a coin, but it's a card that I kind of wrote this down. And so I want to go through what he said in this two minute speech, but I'm not going to uh, say it all. I'm just going to hit the, the key points for not just those new leaders, mm -hmm. but those that has been leading for a long time that has mm -hmm. lost their way. Mm. And those that are, have been leading for a long time or leading for a short time and trying to get to good uh -huh. and those who are trying to get to great. So this is for every leader. Yes, ma'am. And this is what he said. Number one, without commitment, you will never start. Number two, without consistency, you will never finish. Number three, it's not easy. If it were, if it was meant to be easy, there would never have been, and then you fill in the blanks with all of the great people that you know or that you've ever heard of. Mm -hmm. Now, I paraphrase that one, okay? <laughs> Number four, keep working, keep striving, and never give up. Number five, fall down seven times and get up eight. Now that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Number six, ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Mm. Now that's the one that got me the most. So let me repeat that for your audience. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Hmm. So for those leaders where everything was given to them, check it. Okay. And then the last thing he said, so keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work. <laughs> that was very powerful to me and 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 again you heard me say as a part of my leadership philosophy commitment consistency i mentioned that you know several times 
failure, my perspective as not referring to it as failure, but, you know, kind of like a misstep, which Mm -hmm. he alluded to by saying, fall down seven times, you get up eight. Right. You know, and so um, that is what I would leave with your new leaders. (laughs) Ask and you shall receive. I asked a question. And we got it, (laughs) y'all. We got a lot of jewels in that one. And I thank you for sharing that because people need to know. And what I love the fact is that you had those words for all leaders, whether you're beginning, whether you're in the middle, and for those of us that have been doing this for a very long time. Because even those of us who have been doing this for a while, we get tired we lose somewhere along the way that commitment or that consistency or those different things based off of professional and personal life circumstances. So I thank you for speaking life into those that have been doing it for a while who may be at that point where they're like, "Ah," but they're still, I believe your words are going to reignite that fire. I hope so. So thank you for that. And the last thing I have, ma'am, and this is the part that I love because you already said it, you are a reader and a writer. So with that, what are some of the resources that you would like to provide to the listeners Um, As you know, we in leadership, you know, we have our leadership toolkit or leadership bag or what have you. So are there any resources that you would like to share with those listening? Um, Ooh, that's a hard one. (laughs) Because everything is not for everyone. And I, I, you know, as we had said before, I am, I want to be responsible in, in what I say. And what mm-hmm. I tell people. And so where I am at in my leadership, on my leadership journey, um, in some of the things that I am reading, I'll say that because I'm a, a big reader, it may not be for a new leader or, you know, it, you just have to pick it. But one of the things I think that uh, would be good for all leaders to read or uh, just to look into or to share with someone is it's called carnivore leadership Mm -hmm. and uh it is a collection of writings by uh chief master sergeant ramon colon lopez he is the uh senior enlisted advisor to the uh chairman of the joint chiefs and staff chiefs of staff and i think he became he got in that position i want to say 2019 don't Yes, it wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he he wrote a collection. I'm just going to call them articles Mm -hmm. regarding um, his philosophy of of leadership, um, some things that he learned along along his journey. And I knew about him, but I didn't know about that. And he actually came and spoke. He was a guest speaker at our last. at one of our classes graduation at yes. a virtual graduation. And um, he said, uh, so I wanted to kind of look him up. And as I was looking him up, 
I ran across this collection of writings and I will say it has helped me. And I think it's, a, uh, it's about five or six different parts of it, but he's everywhere. He's on the social media scene. And so there's a lot of good leaders who are trying to get to good leaders who are trying to get to great. Mm-hmm. He provides a lot of uh, great information. Okay. And I would definitely recommend that. And that's all audiences, right? Yes, ma'am. So now I'm going to get into um, another book that, that this one may not be for all audiences, mm-hmm. um, all leaders, but it's called, um, I, I do believe that all leaders should read this or something similar, but it deals with emotional intelligence. Yes. But specifically, uh, the one that I'm reading is Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and it's by Travis Bradbury and uh, Jean Greaves. Um, so Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury and Jean Greaves. And that has helped me quite a bit along my journey. And okay. I have... I have three more if we have time for. Yes, ma'am, we do. All right. So these last three are really not for every reader. Um, But one of the ones that I am, I'm reading currently is called uh, Leadership Lessons from Star Trek, The Next Generation. Now I am a Star Trek fan. Okay. (laughs) I am, when it comes to Star Trek, Star Wars, all of the sci-fi, whatever, I'm really big on that. Um, (laughs) But honing it back in, uh, Star Trek, The Next Generation, um, this particular, oh, the book is by Dr. Wes Roberts and Bill Ross. Uh, Dr. Wes Roberts and Bill Ross. The reason that I really like this book is really not because of Star Trek, Mm -hmm. but there's this character on the show who is the epitome of a great leader like we read about great leaders but I'm a very visual person and so Captain um, Picard he 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 provides that visual for me I know it's like a Hollywood whatever mm-hmm. but I, I tap into everywhere to become great and so um, the name of the book is Make It So And if you go back to my uh, personal mission and and vision statement, it's about helping people believe in what they see as impossible and Mm -hmm. doing it. And the name of the book is Make It So. And this leader, he's leading thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And he he is faced with hard challenges every day. People's personal challenges with their families, um, cultural challenges challenges, um, very similar to the challenges that we're seeing today, he is faced with, right? And he continues to strive at being great and and, and how he leads his team. And so I take a lot of lessons uh, from that. And so I think that's very interesting. Another book, Mm -hmm. uh, Lies My Teacher Told Me by James W. Lowen. Mm-hmm. And the reason, and again, this is not for everyone, but the reason that I like this book is because I used to be the type of leader, if if you said it, I believed it. Mm. I didn't need the facts. Right. 
I didn't need to go and look it up for myself. This is something that I learned from my board of directors. You need to, I, I, I had to learn, I was told by one advisor that I needed to learn how to think, how to critically think, how to analyze information, how to uh, understand verbal and nonverbal cues. Cause you know, everybody thinks they're good at that, right? Not true. And so in order to be able, it, it took me a long time to understand what they meant. I'm like, I am an analytical person. I can think differently. And they're, they're like, no, you read books that you know already. <laughs> you focus on things that agree with you, right? right. And so um, one of them introduced me into this book. And it, what it did for me is it shattered what I thought I knew. Mm -hmm. right and it's almost like wipe the slate clean mm -hmm. and it provided me with a different perspective of certain events that we were taught right and I'm like hmm if I would have just asked this question or that question or looked a little deeper I would have known all of the facts and right. so that's what that has done for me and the last book is is uh that challenges my thinking that I that I uh it's called Freakonomics, mm -hmm. and it's by Stephen Levette and Stephen Dubner. Again, this is not for everybody, but it does. It's a. It's more of an economist book, mm -hmm. but it does teach you. It kind of reprograms your mind into thinking differently about things that you think you know. Um, All right, I kept you too long. I got no. over it. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And for those of you that are listening, I will make sure that the information as far as those resources go are located um, on my webpage at thesheSpeaks.com. So ma'am, thank you so much for sharing those resources. I know that there are a few books that I'm going to put in my cart <laughs> on Amazon uh, to pick those up. So thank you so much. So for those of you that are listening who may want to keep in touch or contact uh, Chief Egan's, I can provide you her email address. It is miko, E-U-M-I-K-O dot Egan's at gmail.com. Um, also, if you would like to reach out to her on her official email, it is uh, umiko, E-U-M-I-K-O dot Egan's at U-S dot A-F dot mil, right Chief? Yes. Okay. So those are the ways that you can get in contact with her. So this has been amazing. Uh, dope souls. I hope you can walk away with some more jewels for your crown and some hot sauce for your leadership bag. <laughs> and I say that because Chief Egan's is a leader who genuinely cares for the people. And just working with her over the years, her word is her bond. And you can get that from, and you heard it the entire time. Accountability is a big thing for her, personally and professionally. And Chief, I want to thank you for making sure that the words that you speak are truthful, um, kind and 
life-changing. I know you put a lot of thought into what you do. And y'all, when I say, and she's not going to like me saying this, but when you, when I say she puts thought into everything, it's amazing to see how her thought process starts and the end result. So whether it's counseling and an employee in a difficult situation or um, providing a presentation to key leaders, and in some cases it's, you know, giving that feedback to us as professionals or as friends. Right. Uh, we have a friend that says, no two people are going to tell the same lie. And <laughs> Chief Egan's is very careful in her wording because no matter who you ask, no one can ever say that she is going to tear you down with her words from my experience. And as you all know, uh, words are a big deal to me. They're a big deal to this platform. So Chief, I thank you for always making sure that your words speak life in one way or another. Um, that's important. And I can tell you personally, you are on my board of directors. <laughs> when it's something where I'm not sure, y'all, because there are some times where I am all the way live and I have to call someone who is reasonable because I have some friends who are all the way live and next thing you know, we all in trouble. But I know <laughs> I can call Chief Egan's and say, ma'am, let me, it always starts with, let me run something past you, you know, and she gets all of the facts first and then she provides a response. And there's sometimes where she's like, okay, let me process it and let me come back. And I'm, I'm telling you all this because this is a part of leadership as well. And leadership isn't just something that you do Monday through Friday and then you hang it up at the end of the week and then you put it back on Monday. It's a life event. It's something that you do every day in your personal life as well. So with that, I hope you all enjoyed um, listening to this conversation with me and Chief. Like I said, these jewels that she dropped, I hope y'all was taking notes. Um, if you need to, go back and listen to the podcast again <laughs> because this was truly um, enlightening for me. I learned some things today. Um, and yeah, for those of you that are valued listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, to this episode, Chief, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, thank you for know how much I appreciate it. <laughs> and with that being said, everyone that's listening, whether you're a new leader, a you've been doing this for a little while, you've been doing this for a long time, now that you have these jewels, just go forth and lead the way that you have been designed to, that you have been designed to. And I need you to be authentic and I need you to be unapologetic. So yeah. with being said, all right, dope souls, let's get after it. And we're out. Hey sis, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to She Leads. If you have any discussion topic ideas or would like a response to questions that you have about the workplace, please feel free to send me an email at thesheSpeaks at gmail.com. 
And if you are a faithful Anchor user, you can also leave a message on the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you.